from a buddy and his mom. Uh, and we're driving into town. We drop him off first. And he's getting out of the car. He walks up to his apartment. It's like no big deal, whatever. He comes back. Like we're driving away. We're pulling away onto like the main street. And we're like, it turn, the light turns green. But she had to put it in park because he runs up and he's like knocking on the window. And he, just, he literally opened the door, threw something. And I didn't even see what it was. And he closed it again. As he's turning away to go back to his apartment, bike, bam. They both go down in the middle of the street, just right next to his mom. I was like, this is, I mean, he bounced back. They were both fine, but I was like, damn, that is the worst possible timing of all time. Like, that's just, like, horrendously bad, especially in front of a bus, too. I mean, granted, he didn't get hit by the bus, but you you see where I digress. When I was in a, like, when I was down for Axe game, and was it your dad who almost got greased by that scooter? Oh, I'm, I'm sure he probably did. Actually, oh, yeah, I do remember that. You were, you were telling Is it me your dad or your brother? Mm, I, I completely forgot about that. It was over by, uh, on, on Regents, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but welcome back to episode 23 of Two Lefties Get It Right, TLGR. This is a be- very sunny, beautiful July 31st, and we have decided to wrap up July with some very special guests today. Uh would you like to go ahead and introduce yourselves, our lovely brethren in the audience? Uh, my name is Nick. Hi, Nick. Uh, thank, you, thank, you, thank you for expanding on that. <laughs> no. Uh, go ahead, Sam. Uh, my name is Sam, as he said. Um, the both of us go to Montana State out in Bozeman, Montana. Um, the four of us went to high school together, and that's how we know each other. And Sam is uh, unlucky enough to live with me uh, currently, so he got dragged into this by basically by proxy. But we we, we sent out a mass text to our uh, fellow group chat. We're like, you know what? Who who here wants to talk about some fun stuff to end out July? We're going to talk about the, probably the biggest news story of the week uh, in more depth as we get through it. And we we uh, the two whack jobs that responded first were these two. So welcome to the show. Glad to have you on. And we're going to hop right in, discuss some news and events, and we'll uh, hop right in. So I guess the, the, there's only a few stories before we get to the big one, but I, I do have a few, a few ones that I wanted to run past you guys and get, get your takes on it and stuff like that. So, uh, especially you Bush on this one, uh, on Wednesday, last Wednesday marked the 70, 70th anniversary of the Cuban revolution. And, uh, the U S took that opportunity to basically ignore it and say that they're still bad and strengthen the embargo. Again, they do it almost every year on the anniversary to like, shit on the Cuban people. So that's always so fun. Love, love imperialism so much. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm not surprised at this point. Like it's been going on for so long and they just treat those people like dog shit. And it's just, it's, it's such a humanitarian crisis down in the, on the uh, island of Cuba. And it's just, it's so sad to see it happen. Yeah. I thought it was really ironic. I saw something today that Russia is, you know, like blockading the shit out of, Ukraine right now, trying to stop them from exporting grain and whatnot. And the U.S. is like, oh, these, these blockades are awful. You know, it's a humanitarian crisis that we allow blockades like this to exist. Blockades should be illegal. And I'm like, my brother in Christ. You've been doing you it are since the blockade. 19, you've been doing <laughs> it since 1960. <laughs> blockades are also a part of war. I mean, they are war in of itself is a, a weird and odd thing that the world just kind of lets happen. But like oh, you're yeah. at war with Russia. I don't know. I don't know what they expected. Exactly. That's, well, it's not terrible. the uh, like the like the existence of war and uh, like the blockade in general is like condemnable from our aspect. But like America's a war tribe, so us could like it, we're just being hypocrites by saying, "Oh, take away your blockade" when we've had a blockade on Cuba for seventy years. Yeah, it's absolute. It's absolutely absurd. Uh, another uh, historic kind of age thing. Uh, Biden came out last week and basically announced, uh, I think it was actually on the anniversary of his, I think it was his birthday. It actually may have been the actual beating that he did receive, but um, Emmett Till uh, is getting a monument in DC. And I think he's actually in process of getting a day named after him too, like a kind of a federal holiday or whatever like that to celebrate when racism ended and stuff like that. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes by. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it took him we're not even that far removed. I think we were all in like sixth or seventh grade when uh, the MLK monument finally got made. And that was only 65 years after he died. So we'll see how long this one actually takes. True. I wonder. I was, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, that's one of those things. It's one of those things that like, how can you get mad at it? 
but somebody will get mad at it because you know. Oh, 100%. And also, uh, I have one uh, one more fascinating thing to make, uh, especially you, Griffin, but you, might, you the rest of you might get a little more mad, even though you're a little less politically ner- uh, nerdy like the two of us, but... There was, uh, you guys are giant nerds. Yeah. Oh, we are the biggest nerds. Yeah, we don't we don't downplay that in the slightest. But uh, so, do you remember that teacher uh, last? Uh, I think it was May or last. It, w- it was last spring, who was uh, shot uh, by her kindergartner who brought the gun into school. Do you remember you guys that story? I think I, I think I heard that. about it. I don't remember any details really. Yep, she is. Uh, so she's suing the school district uh, for knowing about the gun because apparently one of the school resource officers uh, knew about it or heard him talking about it, but didn't do anything. Surprise, surprise there. But the defense that the school system is bringing is fantastic. It's the most American defense I have ever heard. The school board is actually using this as like basically a way to set precedent for teachers in future school shootings. So they're basically marking the fact that uh, it's a common workplace injury. And that she is not going to be getting any. She just she should have just filed for workman's comp rather than a lawsuit. That, so dystopian is that's here. So common. crazy. That's so great. I mean, they're not wrong. It is pretty common. But. Sh- the fact that they're that. willing to acknowledge that but not do anything about it is wild that's to me. Infinitely crazy. more frustrating. It's, I mean, classifying insane. it in the same realm is like I don't know me dropping a, a brick on my foot at work is just absurd. Yeah, that's crazy. She's being so greedy by like going after the school system. She should have just gone for workman's comp. I mean, like I get even though she wouldn't have got it anyway, they probably would have said the same like the same yeah, thing they no. when they did that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the teachers union needs to hire the same fucking lawyers that the police union has for fuck's sake. Well, it's the fakest union on the planet. That's why it's so powerful. Yeah, true. What, the teachers union? No, the police union. It's like no. incredibly like astroturfed and just like basically has all of these like latent mafia connections. That's why it's so powerful, but it doesn't actually I isn't mean, a real labor union. Don't a lot of them. I mean, we could talk about Jimmy Hoffa and the Teamsters. Ooh, True. my man's coming out here ready to shit on the Teamsters. Speaking, well, speaking of the Teamsters, <laughs> they uh, appear to have resolved and are not going to strike. And well, yeah, it sounds the, like it sounds like they got a fat bag with UPS. Yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I was wrong about that. That's enough. I will say, I think the caveat to that they did come the work the Teamsters and the UPS owners did come to a tentative agreement. I think it still has to be voted on by the union members. I could be wrong about that, but the last I heard about, it, they still had to vote on it, and there were a decent chunk of people that were still not that impressed because of the AC thing. But there was this. Sure. I think I think you may have sent me. Uh, a reel or something like that, or a tic tac about like the negotiation process, how it's like supposed to be done. It was like, oh, we want this much money. How about this much money? Okay, how about this, this back and forth? It was actually like a real like what unions are supposed to do is like advocate for their workers and not send them out in 130 degree cars. So it's always it's always a good thing for right. hot labor summer continues, baby. Hot labor well, summer, let's go. Didn't, wasn't UPS? Wasn't their argument like they'd put air conditioners in all new vehicles but they wouldn't retrofit old vehicles yeah, i believe that's I what they came like that, to but yeah but i think it was like their plan or something had them adding like the rate at which they were going to be adding new vehicles was so astronomically slow that oh. it was just never going to do anything i was <laughs> under the impression that it was kind of high i mean you see amazon getting new vehicles every freaking year it seems like so that's amazon but, uh, but what yeah what you said might be right the other big demand they had, because from what I understood is like the full-time Teamsters, like other than AC in their truck, were pretty happy with their pay. It's that they would hire a lot of people on what they called part-time status. Or seasonal they too. would be making like, yeah, less that like they'd be making like 18 versus the full-time Teamsters who were making like 42, 43. <laughs> so the pay gap was insane. Yeah. So they just like stopped hiring full-time Teamsters. They just hired like, 10 part-time guys and have them work 20 hours each instead of one full-time guy. And I believe the contract that they did them settling on, they were, they were fighting for 25 an hour, but they settled on 21.50 or $22 an hour. So, I mean, it's still not obviously to where we'd like to see it, but at the same time, progress is progress. Keep moving forward. This sets precedent for future strikes. Ideally the SAG and the WAG, the WAG also kind of goes for it or WGA. Um, On that note, um, I guess with the, with the writers and the actor strikes. I remembered you mentioning that the the corporate 
basically decided they were going to hold out. Is that still their their idea on this? As far as I could tell, they haven't come to the table. Oh, great! <laughs> I, I don't. I, well, if you if you listen to Bob Iger, everyone's favorite uh, Disney CEO, they won't even come to the come to the table until after a lot of their leases end in October. So, as as I've been saying, pretty much since the beginning of the strike, I don't see a resolution to this until at least February or March of 2024. That's why 2024 will be the worst year, the worst year for movies and TV in a long time. I mean, for the consumer, is supposed to be great. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, but that came out. But that that was like completely developed. Yeah, I guess it was before the strike. Yeah, it's there's nothing quite as ethical as making sure. There's nothing quite as ethical as making sure that everybody who writes for you doesn't have a place to live over the holidays. Yeah, he literally said that. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to wait for you guys to be homeless, and then you'll come back to the table. And then Ron Perlman threatened to burn down his house. Because he knows where he lives. He's, he's, uh, it's yeah. honestly like, I, I've been, I, I saw this one account kind of pop up on my feed in the sense of, it was, uh, just like anti, uh, anti-scaffs. What? I always forget the, the term. Scab. Scab, yeah, sorry. It was an anti-scab account, and I was like, this is insane. For the simple fact of scabs used to get treated so much worse. Uh, like, if you were a scab, you got destroyed by the unions when they actually had some, like, fighting power and stuff. Now it's like, oh, they're making fun of me on Twitter. Man, if you're doing that, you should deserve to be made fun of a lot worse than you're already doing it. Yeah, they used to get, like, fucking... They'd kill scabs sometimes. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. But um, I think we can probably transition into a uh, bigger part of the news cycle this week. I believe uh, we talked about a couple months ago, like where the like Gen Z's political awakening was probably going to be like the TikTok hearings because it was just everywhere on TikTok. But I think a more accurate one will be for the more normie population, <laughs> including our two normie audience members here. Uh, <laughs> I, was, was on, I yeah, appreciate yeah, it. You're welcome. I think the hearing started on Wednesday. It could have been even earlier than that. But um, last week in the halls of Congress, uh, there were several members of the United States Armed Services and Special Operations groups that were called before Congress to testify about UAPs, unidentified. Uh, I actually don't even know the new acronym. It's basically just to pull away from UFOs, but it's the alien hearings. Unidentified so. anomalous phenomena. Thank you, sir. Oh, Who's the nerd now? <laughs> but yes, to discuss about these UAPs, uh, they were called before under oath and testified to the effect of aliens are real, and, they, and the United States government has been covering it up for decades at this point. And the, they even had certain specimens of like biological life still um, being studied and being like harvested at this moment. And they came under the guise of, "Oh, we're truth tellers, we're whistleblowers. Please believe our story." And it's been kind of blowing up. So. Uh, most of the episodes today will be talking about that and conspiratorial side uh, regardless. Maybe you know, what was the hearing about, like, initially? Wasn't it about that specifically? I actually don't know if it was Yeah, but, like, why did we just, like, why were we just, like, by the way, maybe aliens? Like, it seems a little out of nowhere. Wasn't there, like, a whistleblower or something? Like, military, ex-military? I mean, somebody brought it up. I don't. I guess I don't know for sure. Overall, I think the funniest thing that's come out of this so far is the fact that honestly nobody cares. Like, especially like young people. They're like, "Hey, by the way, there's aliens," and everybody's like, "Okay, cool. I can't afford rent." It's because it's a load of crock. I mean, yeah, like you said, nobody cares. But also, like, if if aliens had ever been to Earth, there's not a chance in hell that the bozos in the government could could hide them from the rest of the world. Yeah. Well, isn't it convenient that they always seem to come to, like, rural America or, like, only to, and only reveal themselves to American military personnel? Yeah, yeah they're really, really New York City. It's convenient. It's convenient. Yeah, New York City. Or, or like, anywhere in much. Africa or anywhere else, like, they only come to America and, like, we're right. like Iowa. Yeah, I want to go to a fucking field in Iowa. Well, well I... The, yeah, go ahead, Sam. Okay, I... I kind of looked into this a little bit earlier today. I'm not very in-depth or anything at all like that. We have a researcher. Basically, the the crux of his argument was, um, I can't tell you anything because I know people that have been killed for this, but the government does have biological samples and I can't prove it. (laughs) Yeah. 
pretty much. Well, and they keep quoting non-human biological yes. samples. Yeah. Like, didn't, yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't like Russia and China send several animals into space and then just kind of left them there to die? Yeah, that's actually exactly what they did. <laughs> yeah, that? So, like assorted dogs and monkeys and shit. I mean, the odds of one of their satellites after many years crashing and having non-human dog or monkey remains in it is not impossible. Yeah, I think no, yeah. on like aliens, I guess aliens on a whole is, I think you know, me, and Cam- I, me and Cameron, I think I have a similar take to this, is the idea that extraterrestrial life would be on any level, like, comprehensible to a human is I think kind of silly. Like, there, I, I think if, I, and I'm a firm believer that there's aliens out there somewhere, um, but, like, the idea that we would be able to see them or understand them or comprehend them in any way, much less than be humanoid, is kind of ridiculous. I, no, I, I, I guess... I, I, do, I, do, I do agree I, with that. Sorry, go ahead, Sam. I, I do partially agree. I, I'm not sure. I think it is totally possible. Um, I actually think it's probable that there is other life out there. But... Uh, it, if we met them, we might have to completely change our definition of life because they yep. might operate on a completely different system, not be carbon-based, which is all the life here. That's what yeah. they want you to think. I mean, you carbon, really that sounds really liberal to you me, go. I'm just saying. <laughs> the liberal agenda. You sissy liberal. <laughs> you got soft hands, my friend. You got <laughs> I just got done working a 137 hour shift crushing my balls at the ball crushing factory. factory. <laughs> I'm no, so glad we brought that back. It's, I mean, it's, it's very relevant. It's always relevant to our daily lives and everything like that. But the, the, the stance that I always, the, the take that I had originally, I was kind of in the same way, like, oh, that's kind of cool. But at the same time, like, it's more so apathy to the point, like, okay, they reveal it. So what? Still got to go to work tomorrow. I still can't, I still can't afford rent or food on the table. Congrats, way to go! But yeah. I, I, I had, a, I, I had, really a... didn't get wasted that big of a an outcry for it. I, I, I just don't think anybody cared, to be honest. The no, only I, way, I... the only way you're going to get the masses to care is if they are proven beyond a shadow of a doubt to be real, and yeah, they showed we know that evidence. they have interest in us. Yeah, because if they don't and care also... about us, why would we care about them? That's a good point. It also came from a totally unreliable source yeah. on space and aliens. Like, you'd think, you know, if this came from NASA or the European space, you know, thingy, or or even SpaceX or the Chinese one, like, I might have a little more it, it, belief. <laughs> that, that's but the probably, fact that yeah. it's... Yeah, I mean, it just... It's, it's all... I mean, it's a load of crock from people that are trying to, to get attention. I saw something, because this is not the first time that a, a quote-unquote whistleblower from the United States Army, usually military in some regard, has come out and said that there's alien life. It's happened like three or four times, and it's conveniently always been historically when America is testing some cool new plane. And like, ignore those lights you saw in the desert. It must have been an alien. It definitely wasn't our super cool secret new plane. Well, there was there was like yeah. detailed documentation during the like the height of the Cold War that like the UA two like spy bomber was consistently mistaken for UFOs, and the, the United States government would basically confirm, yeah, it's the aliens, man. Trust me. Don't think it's just something that we're building in order to spy on our main rival over in the east. Like that would be crazy. Don't think of that at all. It's definitely some like four foot gray aliens with big eyes that crashed in Roswell. Definitely. Well, but they, also. These these are the same guys that uh, shot down that weather balloon too for no reason, right? They got super paranoid about shot down every other balloon ever because yeah, because yeah, that's like I and that's what I feel like it's kind of another reason it's a little bullshit is because I feel like the time for a whistleblower to come out would have been after the balloon when we shot down every other balloon. Everyone's like, it's aliens, it's aliens, it's aliens. Like that, I feel like you know the hype's there, bro. Pick your moment, but he did. He missed. I it. mean. If if they are faking it, let's just pretend like like they're telling the truth for a second. What's their motive? Like, why take it to Congress? You know, why not present now your evidence to, to 
Right. I mean, why not present your evidence to some scientists or somebody with any kind of credibility? Like, I mean, are they hoping for a book deal or five minutes on CNN? I believe he's trying to make the point that um, because because a lot of the sightings, quote unquote, were um, so like their systems locking onto something or like something not visible to the human eye, right? Um, it was something shooting across their their visuals, um, which could be a dust particle. This is very similar to like ghost hunting shows, in my opinion. Um, oh, there! Look at that speck. But, it's an orb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And because because it's close to the camera, ish, or it's a, a mistake with the with the camera, it looks like it's traveling at absurd speed. And he's like, "Oh, this could this could destroy everything. It's so high tech." Technology is infallible, I mean, especially military technology. It always works how it's supposed to. I'd, I'd really hope so after we drop $900 billion into it. Oh, wait, no. It still messes up because we need to spend more. We, we always need more to more feed. More than that? It's, they, they just approved it at $800 billion. $886 billion for the 2024-2025 fiscal year, which is awesome. I love not having help. That's what we needed. I mean, and that's in, like, what we're saying we're spending on it. Then, you know, there's a trillion dollars in discretionary spending. It never passes yeah. the – it has not passed an audit since its inception. Like, it's famously the worst – like, the military-industrial complex, if you were to give it a credit score, would be at zero. It might be negative. It never passes an audit once because they always lose money in a random places with nothing to be found of it. Or they're dropping $41 million into Viagra. Yeah, famously. Famously, doesn't Apple have a higher credit rating now than the United States of America? And that would not, would not surprise me. Yeah, I was just about to say the exact same thing. I would not be surprised in the slightest. <laughs> I, so, There's no way we have a good credit score. Like, we're no. in thirty. Like we're never paying. Like everybody who buys like borrows this money. First of all. Who the fuck is lending us this money anymore? Like, yeah, exactly. I refuse to believe that there's a country out there. It's like, yeah, America, like, here's a trillion dollars. Like, no, we're just making it up. We're you just saying I have this money. Which it's, I'll push back on you for for one fact. Um, where are the United States? We basically when we ask for a loan, we go uh, give us thirty million dollars. It wasn't. We're not asking. Uh, give it to us. And if they say no, then they get invaded. So <laughs> that's why. True. True. Well, most of it is not foreign debt. It's actually. Mostly yeah, like government bonds, bonds and treasury yeah. bonds. It's all it's all um what the hell's the opposite we're foreign. It's all debt from within the United States. <laughs> like yeah. I think an overwhelming like, majority, like yeah, and a lot of it is like yeah, huge investments, but there's I can't I just I don't know. That's a lot of fucking money to just get like thrown into investments like that. Well, it's it's long term investments. You get people, yeah. you know, you have a thousand dollars in the United like the United States of America, quote unquote, is this infallible, huge object that, like, it, it was supposed to be a, a perfect investment long term. But, like, if you invested a thousand dollars, you were pretty much guaranteed to get your bond interest rate back afterwards because it's from, you know, the government. The government. Governments never fail, right? They must be so reliable. No, yeah, they, def- they they definitely don't. Like in two thousand eight or two thousand twenty, or even before that, the nineties crash, the eighties crash, seventies. Oh, sorry, my, my my bad. I just I list those off so free. Famously, there's no such thing as a boom and bust cycle that would ever uh, affect a capitalist nation such as our own. That would right, be that, I mean, okay. That's what it is. It's, it's you touched on it there. What you guys were saying that was totally that was totally wild. Of course, governments have failed, but not good capitalist ones. Yeah, they were all socialist better. governments, famously. Socialism never works, that's true. <laughs> and famously, America did nothing to undermine them. They right, just did course. it on their own. You, you know, <laughs> What's we're, the CIA? We're, <laughs> so back to the CIA and back to the conspiratorial side in general. I, I was back home this last weekend, and I had a, a, a lunch date with a buddy from high school. And we were talking about Cute. like just the general uh, UFO stuff in general, too. But he, he took the stance of kind of like, not anti-whistleblower in general, but just kind of more so like apathetic towards them. Like, ooh, whatever. I think that's probably the normie stance to take. I tend to, I don't know, believe whistleblowers, especially like Snowden and and Assange and stuff like that. But I, I made a point to him, and I, I, I'd love to hear you guys' takes. And based off of those examples I just listed is, 
I think the only way to truly tell if a like whistleblower is credible is how bad their public reputation becomes afterward. Because if the CIA isn't tanking your reputation, it's because they know you're lying and they have no purpose to gain from it. So it's basically like, oh, let's let this crazy man continue to be crazy. But at the same time, if they smear their reputation after the fact, they are 1000% telling the truth. And that's what the CIA does. Like Edward Snowden was turned into a traitor within moments of leaving the United States. And he did nothing wrong except for point the fact that, hey, maybe maybe these big maybe these big agencies shouldn't be able to spy more on the United States than even in Russia. That'd be crazy. So and his reputation was turned into like a traitor of America. Would he still be arrested on the spot if he came back? Oh like, yeah, I know abs- he's absolutely. In, he, I think he went to Russia. He has Russian citizenship now. Actually, that happened not that long ago. But yeah, if I think the standing rules are like because he was charged under the Espionage Act, which has no statute limitations. So I'm pretty sure the second he would step foot on a U.S. bound flight, they would detain him, and then the second he landed on the actual soil, they'd bring him to like Fort Edwards and quote unquote interrogate him for whatever for whatever crimes against him. Right. Every single president Waterboard since he did that. Until he drowns. <laughs> exactly. Obama, Trump, and Biden have all been asked the question of, oh, will you pardon him or anything like that? Trump did actually allude to it on his like his send-off tour at the, in December of 2020, but he never actually got around to it. And Biden has basically reaffirmed the Obama stance on, he's a traitor, he will never see the, see the American people ever again. So, And the reason I bring this up is for the fact this congressional quote-unquote whistleblower has had no discrediting towards him, which means he is lying 1,000%. He is a psyop, and that is the reason why he, like, I don't trust this source specifically. It is curious, like, the idea of him being a psyop, because I absolutely believe, like, the idea of him being, like, a higher-ranking military personnel is way, 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 way too convenient for him to just show up in front of Congress. Like, if it's just some dude who's like, yeah, I kind of know some shit about UFOs, like, I saw some shit. Like, yeah, or whatever. This guy's nuts. This guy's nuts. Like, and the, even like if some like military personnel is like, yeah, I know some shit about UFOs. They're like, yeah, this guy's crazy. It, 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 I feel like they had to have put him up to it, but I don't know why. It's the CIA, man. That's but, their job. I mean, it could go back to like before, like maybe we've got some cool new plane that we're testing and we want people to think it's an alien. Well, no, see, so you, you bring up those $900 billion to work, man. Exactly. So, so you bring up. Uh, a motive and i i have a a theory as to the motive of this happening at this specific time i'm going to put on my tinfoil hat and yes i'm going to sound like spout off the the three-letter agencies as the boogeyman of the world because that's what they are but my theory as to why this is happening now and especially what happened the news story that i have not covered yet for last week which is arguably one of the more important ones especially compared to this conspiratorial (laughs) rhetoric but what happened in Niger last week with a military coup taking over, I think it was like a day after the UFO hearing. That's not a coincidence. Um, the CIA is definitely entangled in that coup, if not directly funding and uh, being involved in directly giving those paramilitary forces power over the uh, democratically elected president of, of Niger. Who, And I, I originally thought I was like, OK, it's an internal conflict, like whatever. It's probably involved, but I don't know for sure. And I called Griffin the second that I saw this, screaming off my mind because I was so mad. But I knew that, it, that I knew that we were involved for one reason. It was the first democratic election since uh, since uh, Niger gained independence from France in 1960, and the party of aforementioned president is the De- uh, Democracy and Socialism Party, which means 1,000 percent we were involved. We overthrew him, and we were using this as a cover to keep us to keep them from being portrayed negatively in the American media space. And so are you suggesting yeah. that like the UFO thing was just a red herring. Yes, absolutely. I, I 1,000 no. percent believe See. it is a false flag to hide from this, and a dual fold too. If you want to even add like a cherry on the top for our favorite boogeyman of the military-industrial complex, Space Force recruitment. And uh, it's been fully going for uh, four years, and it is the lowest recruited uh, branch of the military. Well, if all of these alien things start happening, they're going to get a lot more people to join. Oh, we got to fight the aliens in Space Force. Oh, we're going to get more funding for Space Force right before the congressional budget passes. Yeah, come on. I, I can see through all of this. I could see the Space Force much more than Niger. Like, I don't really feel like we need to cover up us being at a coup in Niger because we do it so much and Americans just don't give a fuck. Cause, but we, you know, but we, they always do have some way to cover their ass. Like in, in Iran, 
we had plausible deniability because it was mostly the British doing it to protect uh, BP in Nicaragua. It was the Sandinistas. We always have a tendril, like a third party that is kind of like the intermediate that does the dirty work with our hands being like absolved of it. And if you look for more than like three seconds or follow the money, it does come back to us. But in the like average media perspective, and especially since the media is covering this Niger coup so little compared to the UFO stuff, like that's why I tend to think that we definitely oh. have had a pan. I think I think you're missing out the key fact in that the, the people in Niger are brown, so the media wasn't going to care anyways. You, you are uh, correct. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I definitely with the Space Force recruitment, I thought about that too. If, you know, by somehow we're trying to secure more funding for another branch of the military, Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, whoever wants to extend, maybe starts want to build spaceships now. And we're like, well, we got to fight the alien threat. We need some more funding. Give us one point three trillion instead of just one, just one trillion. That'd be that's not, not enough. Yeah, come on, we need more, please. Yeah, I mean, I think we should dump as much money as possible into the military. Same spending same. on healthcare is not important, or infrastructure is obviously well, at the bottom of the list. What you fail to consider is that some other countries added up are getting socialism. close to matching our budget. That's true. They're yeah. almost at a quarter. The rest of, of the world stands. added up. If we didn't raise the military budget, the rest of the world combined would have almost beaten us, and that's unacceptable. Uh, absolutely unacceptable. We can't let that happen. And what's funny about that is even we, even though we spend this much money, we can't afford to be the world police anymore. Like, we, I, we do could. have, we probably have the most advanced military technology, pretty much oh, guaranteed. It's not even close. But it's, I mean, we can't, we can't afford it. Even with all that tech, like, there's just too many other people in too many other countries with well, so much shit. And it's, that's like... We've kind of gone from, like, international police to international... I mean, we we're always international arms dealers, but even more, we've kind of bought into that. Because I think, like, especially American troops abroad has is incredibly unpopular in the American public right now. Like, the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, especially now, incredibly unpopular. Everybody is in favor of keeping our soldiers at home. But we want to sell some guns to the Ukraine and watch watch some people kill each other? Hell yeah, brother. Because it's, it's not us involved. We're, we are just the, the funders of this proxy war. We're not in it, so it's okay. We're still morally okay. Like, uh, I saw this thing, and it truly, it truly terrifies me in the fact that going into this 2024 election cycle, I know one platform that the Democratic Party is absolutely going to run on it. It really terrifies me because it's so bad in its messaging. But they are going to run on... We can't let Trump back into the office because he will stop funding the war in Ukraine. That is what they are going to run on because it's, oh, we are the, we are the future of Ukraine as a people. They're not even going to hide the fact that, like, they're just going to go full mask off on how much of a warmongering, like, dic- like just dictatorial role we have over the European, like, state right now. And it's just, it's so sad because that's such a bad message. But the DNC is so disconnected from its voter base that they think that's what people actually want. Oh my God! Look at all these Ukraine flags in the bio. Let's let's keep funding this endless war for as long as physically possible to show China. Oh yeah, we're really doing this, guys. I promise. Don't do Taiwan. I, that'd be bad for you. Right. On the Tic Tacs that uploads to my Wi-Fi or whatever. You know. Yeah, exactly. The same people that thought that were presented with this scientific finding. I was actually going to bring that up earlier, but now you reminded me. It's ridiculous. It's so funny. <laughs> and oh my god, we don't have to get into it, but yeah, it just it made me think that they're gonna make laws about like AI and shit now. And they, I mean, the it's average age of the Senate right now is like sixty-four years old. We officially are, they're, we they're are gonna, officially a gerontocracy. They're gonna try to pass rules yeah, on it, but one, yeah, AI is still in its infancy, and two. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. Most people still don't. Exactly. I mean, didn't one... This might have been a meme, but didn't one of the people in Congress literally ask Mark Zuckerberg to help fix his Wi-Fi? I'm not... I wouldn't (laughs) be surprised. (laughs) I would not be surprised in the slightest. During the congressional hearing, this was not like... The United States government is such an unserious organization. Like, they're so silly. How are you going to get up there and have like a day long theory like hearings where the fucking leader is some large white woman 
from Florida with the fattest do not tread on me sticker on her computer. And now we're talking about aliens. Like, it's so unserious. They're so silly. Like, you know, how do these people make money? You know, speaking of because Jer- they, they create their own paycheck. Yeah, I know. That's the <laughs> only insane. That's, <laughs> that Congress that's, sets Congress's paycheck. That's the only unanimous vote that ever passes. It almost votes always a hundred to zero and four thirty-five to zero in the House. It's crazy, right? It never has to get past the middle of the desk either. But you know, speaking of gerontocracy and our senators being silly, a certain senator from Kentucky <laughs> had quite the silly moment that went kind of viral on the Tic Tac and just kind of everywhere in the world too. It shows how much of a failed state that our congressional leadership is in right now. But the Republican minority leader in the Senate, Mitchell McRonald McDonald McConnell, kind of had a stroke uh, in front of everyone the other day. Uh, (laughs) Did he actually have a stroke? He had a silly little stroke. The the speculation is that with the the drooping of his left face and the mix of the concussion that he suffered a few months ago when he fell and unfortunately didn't perish from this earth in Minecraft – uh, the, the, specula- the speculation, according to um, a lot of like uh, neurologists and stuff like that, is that's like basically what they call it is like just a mini stroke. I don't know the exact medical term off the top of my head, but he's literally like giving an interview and then he just freezes and yeah, stares was, off into space for like thirty seconds. Yeah, he was just, asked I think he just question. like walks away. He was asked a question and uh, and just couldn't answer. Like he was just staring. For a while, and eventually someone came up and like walked him off the stage. And in case anyone's wondering, he has the second most powerful position in the United States Senate. So interesting, interesting factoid. Very, it makes me sleep very like calmly at night, knowing that that's where the the, like balance of power is. Is there's a very there's a very decent chance that in less than a year that man will be back in the most powerful position in the United States Senate. So. Health. Thank God he's got uh, the the best the best health care that money can buy, uh, all our taxpayer dollars. <laughs> Here's a problem with this. I don't. Going back to your your thing about what the Democrats are going to run on for the next election, I don't think the Demo- or the Republicans have a fighting chance, at least in the presidency, but likely in Congress too. To 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 win majority for a long time. Number one because people are not protected by abortion anymore and you're getting all these young younger you know gen whatever our generation is and and millennials that care so vehemently about that voting now i mean didn't we have like ages 18 to 26 vote in the highest proportions oh, and it's not even in close. history like, and, they're, and they're almost all blue they're almost plus all blue. forty for the Dems in the in the midterms. Actually, it might be a little bit less than that, but it's absurdly high. I yeah, I've had the the same take as we've been going. I see no chance in hell where the Republicans win the presidency, um, especially not the presidency because Trump is going to run. Yeah, even I, if he doesn't get the nomination, he'll run yeah. independently and, and he's going to split. And the he'll get the nomination because he's dominating the primaries. And I think even I, I and I see no circumstance where they flip the Senate. I could see them holding the House by an even slimmer majority than they have now, but I could also very realistically seeing the Dems flipping it and having a three chamber a three body majority. And I think that's where me and you probably agree the most in the sense of twenty twenty four outcomes. Like I do agree with both Nick and uh, Griffin on the stance of I don't see a path for Trump to take back the White House. I was recently asked like last week and why I thought that, and I listed off a couple policy points and the fact that. Donald Trump's uh, disapproval rating of him being like under all these investigations and just the Trumpiness of him, even though he's my president, will always be my president. He's so good. <laughs> but with his his disapproval rating growing every day, even more so eclipsing Joe Biden's for the first time since Biden took office. He's, Biden has never been a popular president by any means, but he, his disapproval rating is slowly on the decline as the election comes closer and closer and Trump's is on the rise. Between all of those factors, I don't see a path for Trump back to the White House, whether he has the nomination or not, especially if he doesn't. The Senate, I believe, will stay with the Democrats. I believe they'll grow their lead at least one or two seats, 53 or 54. The House, I would tend to believe, would stay with the Republicans. But at the same time, they only have a seven-seat majority, which is very easy to make up, especially with new voting districts being drawn, uh, being forced to be drawn in Georgia, Alabama, and New York, which all favor the Democratic Party very heavily. Um, yeah, I mean, I, my thing with the Trump as, you know, the same as it was before is he, he lost in 20, well, you know, he won in 20, but you know, they stole sure. it. 
True. Um, right, right, uh, right. I, he, he lost at 20 to Joe Brandon, and I see no circumstance where he does better. Like, I, yeah, I, I get the disapproval rings. I see no circumstance where he does better. The incumbency advantage is just simply too great, and he yeah. lost. And, well, and regardless of support uh, for Joe, like, nobody, nobody likes Joe Biden, except for, like, Bleeding Heart. Even Bleeding Heart liberals don't like Joe Biden. Uh, I think, I think but, Nick's a pretty big fan of him. I mean, that's yeah, Nick's a big brand fan. But, uh, yeah, but like with the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the student loan debt forgiveness, uh, like uh, two huge things like that I think will mobilize even more young voters. And I, again, that plus 40 margin, more of Gen Z will be voting than they did in the last election. That's more young voters, more old boomers died. Like, I, I see Biden taking it pretty comfortably. I don't disagree with you on that. And uh, to, to Nick's point about abortion specifically, I think one of the major disadvantages that the Republican Party has going into this election is the fact that, yes, they did take away, like, they let the evangelical dog catch up to the metaphorical car, which is abortion. You don't let the dog catch up to the car because then it doesn't know what to do. The only way that the Republican Party was able to galvanize the evangelical base was saying, hey, if you don't vote for us, they're going to kill babies with a wood chipper. But now abortion has been largely, like, illegal in most of the country, especially in the evangelical South and the, the Bible Belt and everything like that. They have no more no more motivation. The evangelicals as a whole don't really have a whole lot of political aspirations except for stopping abortion and making sure this is a Christian nationalist state. As we inch closer to the latter, we are inching further and further away from the former, which is far more of a like motivating factor. That's why I think they will do specifically worse in this next election because they can't run on that. They can't run on, hey, we have to overturn Roe because they already did. So unless there's another yeah. Supreme Court case that happens in the next year, the RNC is pretty much screwed for that reason alone. And the entire like Republican platform has been, at least recently, is, I mean, you know, Rhonda Sanctimonious said it best, the woke mind virus, it's poisoning this country. And that's like, it, it is a huge piece of the Republican platform. And I think a lot of people either like think that either what one like disagree with the points that they're taking or two just don't care. And the, the Democratic Party is the worst political party ever. They're so bad. They're literally the worst at winning elections because all they have to do is be normal and they'd win. And like, they literally have to just do – the Democrats have to do literally – literally they just have to say, yeah, they're being kind of weird. We're just going to like, you know, kind of keep things normal, go with the flow. But they just like, – they never like take advantage. Like that's like the Republican Party wins – because a Democrat says anything and they jump on it and they know how to propagandize. And the, the Democrats can't do that. They're so bad. The messaging oh, for the Democratic Party is horrendously bad. They're so out of touch with constituents, it's absurd. Yeah, I mean, you... So, to be fair, all of us are uh, pretty critical of uh, conservative media, just in general, right? But they, they're they just so successful at getting people oh, on their so side. good. I'll say constantly, like Tucker Carlson, demon. He's so good. He's so good. Yeah, he's you the just, best. You can't say it any. You can't say that for anyone on Democratic media. It's just no. I. But Rachel Maddow like that. <laughs> Don't shut up, Cameron. Stop. <laughs> Rachel Maddow's the worst. She's so bad. She's so charismatic, though. She's like literally. No. She's literally. No. I hate her so much. Mom, mommy, liberal. <laughs> Bobby, she is the liberal. It's it's so it's so good. No, you, you do make, you do make a good point though, in the sense of the messaging is so bad, and the fact that they literally have an easy win every single time with the demographics changing and more and more people voting. Like, because I feel like the normative position in most cases is to vote um, against corporations and against like um, big money, which is the entire Republican base of support. Like that is what they get. So I feel like the normative position is to vote against that, but it's all about how the media spins for those corporations that tends to push people towards right-wing yeah. politics. Well, and it's not exactly like the Democratic Party is, you know, anti-corporation. They're very much, like, economically speaking, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party are almost identical. Um, it's really just on the aspect of, like, social issues, mainly being abortion and, like, LGBTQ rights are literally the, like, the only thing that separates the two parties you know, you know speaking of economic news and everything like that too our uh, one of our one of our very own senators recently came out in favor of voting against a bill that would ban congressional stock ownership and i think that's awesome please yeah. tell me tell me your button page amy, amy klobuchar amy, amy klobuchar can suck a fat one 
Go to hell. So isn't isn't uh, Pelosi's husband like the greatest investor ever? Yes, he's yes, better he than is. Buffett. He's like, well, and he's also he also has gay sex with uh, David Pappy. So <laughs> that is <true>. famously, <laughs> yeah, famously. Paul Paul Pelosi is more successful at trading than even like AI tools that are like built and programmed just to trade stocks. He's like thirty times more efficient than the yeah, second he's place computer. Incredible. That's, that's yeah, really impressive. Really curious. I, I wonder yeah. how that happens. He's just he's just that guy. He is he's him. probably really good at economics. I don't know. Yeah, the, the it sounds like chrome. he might be him. He's the him. adrenochrome is so good at predicting stuff. <laughs> yeah, that adrenochrome is fantastic. He's getting that A grade adrenochrome. Absolutely. He's because famously he looks so young, as if he did look like he was yeah. three thousand years old, just like his wife. Somebody needs to get Diane Feinstein some adrenochrome. That'll fix her. She is actually still. She's becoming the most like upsetting part of the Senate for me right now in the sense of she can't even talk. She's wheeled in, wheeled out by her staffers. She doesn't talk. She gives like nodding motions to vote. She's 89 years old and she has like a year and a half left of her term. She she claims she's going to stick it out until 2025 when the new Congress gets sworn in. Just retire. Get get your governor, a liberal governor, to appoint a liberal person on there. They will guaranteed win the next election because the incumbency advantage will take over. And it's as simple as that. It's not it's not like there will be a Republican senator that gets voted in anyway. But take it out of the equation. Just get appointed. Get a new guy in there who's young, has a chance. And then he has the guaranteed or he or she has a guaranteed 2024 nomination and election win. But she's just in there just to say, I'm going to be in here until I die. That will make them feel so bad for me. Oh, I hate Diane Feinstein. Her and Mitch McConnell and Chuck Grassley. Yeah, Chuck Grassley. They're all they're all bad. The whole Senate could die, other than Bernie. Other than Dude, Bernie. Name, Bernie. name recognition is and, and Big John. Big John. Name recognition is so powerful. I guarantee over half of the people that vote for them don't know who they are, but just know the name. Oh, absolutely. It's like, oh, they they literally can't do anything for me, but I know their name, and I don't know anything about politics, so let's vote I for them. I think the only thing that matters on a ballot is the little R or the little D next to their name. Yeah. No, it doesn't I, matter yeah. what the name is. Absolutely. No, I, I had a statistic here at one point, but I can't remember which show it was on, and I didn't ever actually get a chance to say it, but to your point, yeah, Sam, just make it of, up. It'll be yeah, fun. <laughs> exactly. To, to Source. Your, To to your point on the fact that the average voter is horrendously uneducated, I do like I think that's like not even up for debate in the sense it's just people don't care about politics. They're told it's boring. They're told don't listen to it. Basically told from birth in the sense of oh just don't listen to it. You don't you don't need it or anything like that. You end up a loser like me and Cameron. (laughs) Exactly (laughs) to the point where I think it was in I think it was in eighty eight. It could have been even later than that. Over half of surveyed Americans thought the phrase from each according to his ability to each according to his need was in the United States Constitution. During the height of the Cold War, people thought that. That's how misinformed the average voter is because no one cares about politics. No one wants to think about it. They'd rather just sit there and let the government, like, oh, impose these terrible uh, mandates on us. And, oh, they, they know what they're doing. they got to be smart. They got elected there. And I voted for the same guy for six times in a row. Maybe he'll change something. Which, which brings me, like, a perfect example is, there's this very rural, like it's the poorest part of America is in West Virginia. West Virginia in general is one of, is the poorest state, the most illiterate state. It's just a fail state at this point, thanks to Joseph Robinette Mansion. But, and other Republican lawmakers, especially at the state level, especially those state legislature levels where Republicans have had supermajorities for the last 35, 40 years, those people are living in abject poverty and they still vote for the same people that have been continually screwing them over for generations at this point. For the simple fact is they're uneducated. And they only know Republican good, Democrat bad. They have no critical thinking skills because that's the goal. Except, like a servile workforce is a good workforce. The definition of, of insanity, uh, right there. Exactly. Speaking of West Virginia, uh, one of my personal favorite artists, uh, my boy Tyler Childers, he came came out with a song recently, and by recently I mean like last week. Uh, it, it's a beautiful song. It's titled "In Your Love." It, it's a love song, it, it, but um. He came out with a music video, and in this music video, it uh, depicts two homosexual coal miners and kind of their struggle and running away together. And one of them uh, inevitably dies of black lung gained in the thing. And the outrage has been awesome. The hogs are pissed. And I think my favorite reaction to it. In my country music? I think my favorite (laughs) reaction to it. Because Tyler Childers has been an outspoken, is relatively outspoken politically. He's from West, born and raised in. 
like rural Appalachia, West Virginia. And he's been very outspoken, one in favor of like LGBTQ rights, as well as like anti-police brutality. Like a lot of like left adjacent takes he's come out with. Uh, and he speaks on this very, like very, very frequently about how, you know, the government has like abandoned like West Virginia and these, these it's basically a third world country. It is. And it has like worse, way it has worse dis- literacy rates than like, like yeah, uh, Somalia the that, at this like, point. Industry has abandoned, left them behind and the government's done absolutely to do it. So he's been very outspoken about that. But my favorite, my favorite TikTok I saw reacting to this new Tyler Childers video is a clip montage of a guy's truck and it just says, we lost Tyler. Oh <laughs> that's God. it. That's the whole video. And it's so funny. Because people are so mad. And they're like, oh, Tyler Childers is so dumb. Like, he lost a huge chunk of his audience. A guy who's, for the, for years, been outspoken in favor of LGBTQ rights. It's like, my brother Christ, did you th- stop to think that maybe he just didn't want you to come to his shows or listen to his music? Like, yeah, it sounds like a you problem, man. Not not him. That yeah, sounds like a you problem. I think he's chilling. Like, I don't. Like, I think he's actually probably pretty happy that you're mad. Yeah, that is almost <laughs> certainly the goal. Especially after the Jason Aldean song, he's basically came out as like yeah. the anti Jason Aldean. I don't. I don't think it's really like in like necessarily in response to that. I think he was going to release this regardless. But people are kind of taking them, and so now it's been like split. Or it's like because because I mean, and it's an objective. Like in your love is a banger. It's a great song. Try that in a small town, regardless of how you feel about it. It's subjectively just not a very good song. So, like, you're not, you're just not doing great here, man. You're, you're taking an L. But the music video is so good. The In Your Love one, it's so good. It's so beautiful. From the little I bit I, I saw, it's not, it, looked really, it looked really, like, it's like showing it's, love is love. Yeah, it reminds me of, like, when people were mad at that episode of The Last of Us with the gay couple. And it's such a beautiful episode. It's such a beautiful love story, but people are mad because they're gay. It's the same thing with this song. I will never understand the take of homosexuality is inherently sexual or like that's the reason why we can't talk about it in schools. And that's the reason we can't teach it to children because it's inherently sexual. That's not necessarily that's, that's not because true at it's all. projection. They just every time they think of gay people, they think of their dicks. They just want to see some man dick. They're always they got gay sex on the mind constantly. Yeah, All they're thinking about is gay sex 24 seven. Maybe they should try some gay sex. They might be a little happier. You know, speaking of people that should have... Sorry, Nick, go ahead. <laughs> I was just... I was. You guys were talking about literacy, and I had to look it up to make sure that I was correct. But what I seem to be getting here is that the literacy rate in the United States is 79% on average. Let's go! I mean, the, of the, across the country, right? And what I'm getting from this this other website is our ourworldanddata.org seems like a kind of legit website. Sounds like a liberal institution. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking through it. It seems it seems pretty reasonable. It's saying that it's 86 percent for the entire world. Yeah, we're below Meaning average. We are lower <laughs> now. Maybe their qualifications for literate are different. Like they have to be, right? Yeah, probably. But, it, I mean... Because objectively, some languages are harder yeah. to learn than others. So, I mean, technically, literacy isn't, like, a metric to apply I mean, from language this to isn't language. Like an, this isn't, like, an outlier, like, trend, though. I, I, I mean, worldwide, America doesn't rank super high, but, like, especially amongst, like, comparably developed nations, America is a third-world country in a Gucci belt. OECD nations, compared to OECD nations, we are absurd. We are objectively one of the worst in terms of education, healthcare, immunization, basically everything that you need to have to be a successful country. We fail at every single one, especially compared we're also to ranked Western like nations. Fifty. We're also like, we're ranked like below fifty in like the Freedom Index, but America famously so free. We're the, it's the land it's of the our, free. It's our national anthem, brother. Just yeah. The national anthem says it, so it must be true. It must be true, absolutely. We're the least free, quote-unquote, free country in the world. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, we do have the most prisoner population by per capita and to- sure number. And, it's not even or one, and the only still devel- like the only fully developed nation to still have legalized slavery. That's true, absolutely. It's still I'd also like to point the Constitution. Out, I'd also like to point out that all of the uh, major talking points of the... Uh, the party that's supposed to be anti-government in the United States has been uh, attempts to oppress people and limit what they can do. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I still, 
like libertarians like used to be like just like kind of republicans and the the difference between like the libertarian party and the republican party has never been greater than it is now and it you know as a former libertarian myself it still upsets me that they just appropriated our symbol and the don't tread on me flag but i'm gonna i'm gonna remain salty i mean screw the symbolism i don't really care i i for those of you listening i i identify as libertarian um but like i mean screw the symbolism i don't really care what other people think that's kind of my whole stance is i don't care what other people think or want to do if that's what they want to do then then go for it yeah and that's like normie libertarianism is that combined with free market capitalism and it's kind of just and that's what kind of like old school republicanism and it was always like just that but a little more conservative and they've gone just mega authoritarian in the last 20 years ever since reagan Pretty much. God fucking hate Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Single-handedly has caused like 90%. When's of it going to trickle down? When's it going to trickle down? It will. I'm someday. waiting for it to trickle down. I promise it will get to you. Jeff Bezos' money will get to you eventually. I promise. You know, speaking it's of just Jeff Bezos. social security for us. Yeah, that's, that's, that's being re- reintroduced again, like with the, the military budget. I think one of, I think it was like Rick Scott introduced a, a one of his amendments was like to end social security again. He's tried it every single Classic. session of Congress that he's been in Congress. It's absolutely absurd. But speaking Which, of Jeff, that's, speaking that's of the Jeff best Bezos, Joe Brandon moment though. Yeah. hundred percent. When he was literally like, when he called them out at the state of the union, that's insane. But I will say, um, speaking of Jeff Bezos, I heard, I heard a statistic today and I thought, I thought it was just incredible. Well, not even a statistic. It's just like a plain old fact in the sense of numbers is numbers. It's just, utterly absurd to talk about and like actually like defend capitalism in the sense of how if someone can hear this and say oh yeah that's normal on an average day jeff bezos makes 321 million dollars do you have any idea what the person on the average federal minimum wage makes in a day 58 dollars yeah 58 dollars versus 321 million dollars a day you're gonna say the system that upholds those that that level of wealth disparity is a good system to go forward? Yeah, let's. let's how's that's, that? That's great. How's that math, math? And what's that in like times? You said 358 million, 321. Yeah. It's, it's it's what six that's, million times more? Well, it's I, does, 44 million times. Does does like works the, 44 does, million times harder? Obviously, the general workforce. The general workforce combined doesn't make that much in a day. Like for no, Amazon no. specifically, it's not even close. That's, how that's how the is GDP the entire bottom level? Nations. How is yeah? How is the entire bottom level of this pyramid that is a, a corporate uh, entity uh, not getting paid the same amount as the top of it? The pyramid—it's the foundation. Because that's not how capitalism it. works. Yeah, nobody's saying like literally nobody is saying that higher level employees like shouldn't make more than lower level employees to an extent, but it shouldn't be that like you should re- well, you should the top of the top. That's the yeah, problem. but the problem like what value does Jeff Bezos create for Amazon? No, advantage shipping obviously. Some of those numbers are also I'm gonna you can call me a bootlicker if you want. <laughs> but but some of those numbers are also kind of inflated because it's all within stock price. So yeah, he yeah. makes that much, but it's really his assets that are fluctuating well, in value. And like a lot of people will try and push on that when it comes to like a wealth tax as well, uh, which is easily count because I'm incredibly pro like a capital gains tax. Um, which but, which does exist, but it's yeah. not super high, which is kind of a problem. It's also they um, sk- they skirt around it like, by donating to themselves. It is also that money, like he's receiving it in stocks, but then he also like a huge chunk of the profit that Amazon makes every year goes to stock buybacks. So he's basically just getting that money in cash later than he would. Yeah, than per day. Mm-hmm. And, well, and uh, it's all for tax reasons. I mean, oh, yeah, they wouldn't yeah. go through all those loops if it wasn't. They pay, yeah, look, what happens is they pay him in stocks, and he sits on his stocks for however many years it takes for the tax rate to be basically zero, and then the company does a stock buyback, and he gets it all basically tax-free. And he can buy a yacht that requires more fuel to fill up than most family cars take in two months. Lovely. Yes. And he can go to space. You know, yeah, and he can go to space. Because <laughs> that that's what too. we need. That is, that is what we need. Yeah. 
truly, truly a pioneer. For sure. Oh, yes. We could talk more about aliens. Isn't that the topic? <laughs> we, li- we like to make some tangents and talk about policy in general. But yes, if we'd like to talk about some more alien stuff, I'm more than down. Well, I'm curious how aliens are going to help with the housing market crash next year. Yeah, but how do how does They'll the come combination buy the of houses. UFOs affect LeBron's legacy? That's, that's a great question. I can't believe Bronny actually went into cardiac arrest. Like that's absurd. That man is like, like that kid is like peak physical health, and it could just happen to anyone. Well, because famously, uh, cardiac arrest is not the leading cause of death amongst teenage athletes. Yeah, I, sp- I suppose not. Uh, I will is, say, is it? I actually, it is actually. It I, is. Did, I, I did not know that. So, thank you for teaching me something today, boys. <laughs> You know, I will. I think we're getting we're getting a little closer to our hour mark, so we'll probably like begin to make the more wrap up sound uh, or whatever. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna we'll talk about this last story that I that I came across when I was doing my research for this week, and I, it's just truly hilarious. Like the state of American politics is so awesome. So this and this is just like a little bit of a tangent for the story. I think we can all recognize how much like how multi level marketing schemes and pyramid schemes are so prevalent in today's life, especially with like the likes of. Hustlers University and like other people like those like regular scam artists like I feel like we're almost more susceptible now than we were 30 years ago because anyone with a smartphone could see oh my god this guy made like 30 million dollars today let me do that again too but regardless oh, absolutely, of that, absolutely we we now have multi-level marketing schemes running for president and let me explain what I mean Doug Burgum <laughs> is the current governor of North Dakota and you need $40,000 or 40,000 individual donors from like constituents from throughout the United States to even qualify for gener- for general ballots. And being the North Dakota governor and like the 10 people that live there, they all donated to him. And uh, I'll preface this too. He's a billionaire, by the way. He's the richest person in North Dakota. He's a billionaire. That's so after, hard. yeah, after he, after he was able to convince the 10 people that live in North Dakota to vote for him, he's still a little bit short of the people that need to donate for him. And he's running a little low on campaign funds, according to his campaign team. Again, billionaire, but besides the point, he then has come up with this new marketing strategy that if you donate to his campaign up to your first $50 donated for every dollar you donate, he will give you a $20 Visa gift card. So some would say that math doesn't exactly line up, which you'd be correct. It is literally just giving you $20 to donate $1 to it. Whatever. That's besides the point. There's been... to go donate. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was just about to give you the advice to. Please, everyone donate to Doug Burgum. For another reason, too, how it makes it a true pyramid scheme is <laughs> if you donate and you sign up to be on his email list or whatever like that, and then you get an affiliate link and you send that link to another friend and they donate to his campaign, you get commission off of hit the off of their donation. Uh, what's That's, his face? The um, Vivek Ram, Ramshoe. Ram he's Swami. doing that too. Yeah, he's doing that too. What are these multi? I mean, what are just, these pyramid it sounds, schemes? It sounds like a Ponzi scheme. I mean, it yeah, is. It's, it's, exactly it's, it is. It literally is. No, it's been who he is. <laughs> and he's running for president. He's running for it's so awesome. the president of the United States of America. I mean, didn't Bloomberg run for president? And isn't he richer than? Yeah, yeah, the the, and, the billionaire aspect yeah. was like besides the point. Rich people always run for office, and the sen- it's the sense of he's literally just buying voters and then just making it an affiliate marketing team off of it, which has been proven. I, I love that. For every dollar you donate, I'll give you twenty bucks. Is so funny. Yes, yeah, so please, everyone donate up to fifty dollars up to Doug Burgum. How is that? What? He's, He's buying you. donors so that he can qualify for the ballot. He doesn't actually need the money. Yeah, exactly. He's he's bribing people to vote for him. Because yeah. you and can't just use your own money for campaign. You have to but, use a certain percentage of it. But he's not. I mean, quote he's unquote, not even going to come close to winning legend. the presidency anyway. What's the point? You know, I think he's polling at zero percent right now, <laughs> or it might be one. Honestly, he's so unlikable, even as a governor. Uh, uh, I mean, what percent of the United States is North Dakota's population? Like one, five, maybe. I, I honestly have no. Idea. I think there's like a pop- five. Is- you think it's five? Uh, it's way less than that. <laughs> what is the population of North Dakota anyway? Like the overall. Uh, can't be. Can't be. Oh, it can't be over a million. Yeah, it's seven seventy-four thousand. So seventy-four thousand. That's less. Uh, oh my God! So there's what 330 million people. 762,000 people. In so, so it's exact, less than one three hundredth. He's it's point two five percent 
of the population is North Dakota. <laughs> for, for well, that's why he's polling. That's why he's polling less than one percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. everyone in North Dakota loves him as a governor, but yeah, he's not popular anywhere else. Honestly, I did not know he was our go- he was my governor uh, until he told me. I guess I'm not a North Dakota voter, but yeah, I suppose. I do live here. No, he's he's honestly he makes DeSantis look charismatic, uh, and he looks like he's running a good campaign. That's how bad he is. You know, you said Vivek is doing something like that too. He's actually like pulling into like third place in a lot of places. Like, if if yeah. and when Trump does get like arrested, indicted, whatever, like that, he can't run for president. He like jumps to second place, which is absurd because he's pulling at like three percent of that well, third place. You're under the impression that Donald Trump will not still get the nomination in prison. That's 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 fair too. But I think I don't think he will. You really think he will? No, I don't think he'll get the. I don't think he'll get the nomination if he's in prison. But he'll absolutely still run. Yeah, yeah. That, and, and I then he'll split the that. Republican ticket, and and Brandon will win. Brandon will win the landslide. Yeah, it'll be Joel it, Brandon. <laughs> Joseph Robin at Brandon. We are only a few weeks away, um, actually, from the RNC debate in Milwaukee, and I am so tempted to go. I'm so excited. It would I'm be so excited. It's gonna be so good. I can't wait for it's Trump to so call funny. a meatball. I cannot awesome. wait for Trump to call a meatball Ron. Little Ron Every Ron. single name under the Ron to sanctimonious. He's, he's my president, man. He will always be my president. Yeah, fuck Biden, he's Trump so is president. Good. He's so good. <laughs> but well, I he think won, we'll probably, Yeah, exactly. I think we'll probably leave it there, uh, get this uploaded and everything like that. But um, about an hour. Um, Nick, Sam, thank you guys for coming on and talking about some aliens and just general policy stuff. So I know it's always a little bit of an inconvenience to do it from your home. So I appreciate you guys coming on and taking the time to talk to us. And if there's anything else you'd like to say to our dedicated army of listeners, uh, now is your time, sirs. Um, I would like no, to... Speak at uh, once. I would like to... <laughs> I, was, I was waiting to see if Rick would say anything first, and he didn't. So I would like to say um, uh, thanks for having us on here. It was fun. It's always good talking to you guys. And uh, Trump will forever be my president. Damn straight, baby. Amen. Hell yeah, brother. Well, I can't do a better closing than that. And uh, Nick's a sissy liberal. So. <laughs> yeah, of course. Exactly. But this has been episode 23 of TLGR, and we will see you next week.